0: Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. I'm uh, at the foot of the ladder. The lamb footbeds are only uh, uh, depressed in the surface about... Uh, one or two and and we have vowed the that we what? shall not see it governed by <laughs> a hostile flag of conquest, but by a banner of freedom and peace. We have vowed that we shall not see space filled with weapons of mass destruction, but with instruments of knowledge and understanding. Yet the vows of this nation can only be fulfilled if we in this nation are first, and therefore we intend to be first. Oh, uh,
1: here's something about. United through our hatred for extraterrestrials. Work for the Muslims after 9/11. Oh boy! Uh,
2: Not if you were a Muslim.
1: It worked for everybody <laughs> else. Yeah. That that, that, oh, that That's okay. the takeaway. Yeah, I, I mean, if so. it worked for everybody else against the Muslims, then we can include the Muslims in this, and then all of us can hate the aliens.
2: Oh, wait, hold on. I was looking at the wrong notes. This is about the other space
1: oh, race. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We must be talking about oh, the yeah. Russians versus American space race. Okay. Wrong race. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Here
1: we are thinking yeah. that it's another thing uh, about was... racism.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we have so many, we were working on so many episodes at one time, you know,
1: Well, I mean, when you talk about anything with a race and humans are involved, I mean, you know, it's natural to jump to a conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) On the serious side of this, folks, yeah. Oh, man, back in the uh, late 50s, uh, after the World War II, people started looking up and seeing where the next targets were going to be acquired from. Oh, wait a minute. No, we, we were actually supposed to be going out there to learn stuff but that, that wasn't the yeah, takeaway it, when Russia popped up, uh, first with their little satellite up in 57. Uh, all of a sudden the fear got to the point where, Oh my God, they can put stuff in space and drop it on us. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that, that's where we went with it. Not that we can learn something.
2: Yeah. Um, they had started developing the rocket technology during world war two. Um, but, and they they had grabbed a lot of German scientists at the end of World war two to w- help them work with theirs, but then they kind of quit doing it we 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 kept using our german scientists uh, we were very we were very proud of our 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 death camp labor force having Nazi scientists but uh yeah in fifty seven they launched off Sputnik and everybody on this hemisphere of the globe went fucking ape shit um, like the Russians weren't supposed to be that far ahead and they, you know, and uh, they were—they they weren't supposed to be able to do this at all. It's like this isn't—this isn't right. Uh, they were freaking out. Then the Russians sought a dog out into space, and you know, well, honestly, to me, that's—that's that's the true victim and hero of this story. You know, like when I think of the space race, i, I, I also I like to remember Laika. You know, yeah. just went out there and died for all of mankind. Good old. Good old doggie. She's probably still there, I think, on the Sputnik 2, floating somewhere in orbit. I don't know if the Sputnik 2 ever came back into the atmosphere.
1: Uh, We'll have to look at that and give an update on that at some point in time. That's an interesting question.
2: Maybe she's still out there. Maybe dogs live longer in space. God, that'd be horrible. Well,
1: you know, that old time dilation thing. Oof. (laughs) 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 not only are you not experiencing Uh, as much gravity but you're going faster so yeah you get two sides of that
2: yeah there's an argument to be made here um so they I, i could go into the whole list of everything russia did first and uh in the first take of this episode i actually did um but i mean i'll put these notes up on on the on the page it uh they pretty much did everything, going to go into space and the moon ahead of us, except for actually touching it. But yeah, um, it surprised the American. Sputnik one surprised the American public, shattered the perception created by American propaganda of the United States, and the Soviet was no longer able to be seen as this backwater country. Um, like, the CIA and Eisenhower knew about the uh, the progress being made by the Soviets on Sputnik from, like, uh, spy planes. And uh, they started to work on the Explorer 1. But, hell, before that was even done, the Soviet Union sent, you know, Laika out into space while they were still working on Explorer 1. So we still got our thumbs halfway out of our ass. And they're over there. They're already getting rid of yeah, dogs.
1: At this time, um, our what little bit of a space program we had going on was run by a bunch of civilian contracts. Uh, it, well, it wasn't a national thing at this time. And well, this scare brought us to actually create project Mercury, bring in the, um, nationalization of our space program, creating NASA. Um, you know, and that led to us popping up our little satellite Explorer one in 58 again, behind the Russians, um, Russian responded by throwing out a their a first human into orbit. Um, and
2: Yeah, what was it, Yuri? Uh, Yuri
1: Gagarin. Oh, Yuri Gagarin, however you say those Russian names. Again, we're stupid American uh, Yanks. We don't know how to pronounce other words. Yeah. So sorry for uh, anybody in that particular family for us butchering and not knowing how to say those names. Um,
2: they didn't teach us about him in school on this side of the hemisphere, by the way, guys. I think, I think <laughs> we, they, <laughs> they might
1: have nipped him out by the time you came through, but yeah, he was mentioned in our books. Yeah,
2: yeah That's all we got was a brief yeah. mention. He, I don't think his name was even known to me until uh, this research. And now it's uh, apparently unknown again. Yuri Grigori does sound right. <laughs> or good. Gr- Gagarin.
1: Gagarin. How like I like said it's Russian. I've got no idea exactly how to pronounce the consonants in that particular language because I know it's different. But that's as close as we're going to get. Um but yeah, then we followed up with old Alan Shepard, but we couldn't even get him into a actual orbit. You know, we put him into a suborbital flight. Now this whole Project Mercury thing was just supposed to be getting, you know, manned space flights. Yeah, well, we we were taking baby steps, while the Russians were taking giant leaps. Um, then uh, they sent another one. Russia followed up with, oh boy, this one, this one is really German. Titov, Titov, T i t o v, again,
2: uh, not going to work here. Yeah.
1: Um, he, he went into a three day, a day long orbital flight. And then we finally, um, six months later, sent John Glenn in with three orbits around the, the earth. Um, so both nations at this time, about 1963 ish at the end of uh, the project Mercury thing. Um, both nations had sent six people into space, but the Soviets had more time in space and pretty much did everything first
2: yeah yeah
1: and then we also Definitely had project well. gemini going on about the same time that the mercury program ended and we've had 16 astronauts in this uh, all of them flying in low earth orbit testing out different systems that were going to be used in a later program called apollo and that's the one probably everyone knows from the american side was this apollo missions um uh,
2: yeah, they, they, they did
1: the most, really. Yeah, this is where all the they history did. was made. Well, at least the history they tell you about. Um, <laughs> the Apollo missions, uh, there were supposed to be, well, 20 of them at at first you know, initialization here. Um, you know, that didn't quite work out. Um, yeah, after a couple of you know, near misses and uh, one big bad uh, failure, and some loss of life and then a scare of some loss of life. You know, interest started to wane after we finally made the moon. So we wound up with, uh, I think actually just 14 of them actually going up.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it was something like that. Cause there was a couple that never really made it anywhere. Um, but they, yes, yeah, 17, no 18, 19 and 20 or the ones that are, uh, supposedly never happened you know they, they weren't you know um the rest of them i don't know what, what yeah there should have been
1: well two of them years. got scrubbed um, we never we okay we started off with right. uh apollo one now these guys were supposed to be our first you know test flight of human space flight with the new technology that's going to send us to the moon um, unfortunately during testing, a fire broke out and we realized that we had all kinds of problems in the design. Um, our people inside couldn't get out you know, because the, the, uh, the, the hatch was sealed from the inside. It opened to the inside, so the pressurized cockpit, especially when it expanded during the heat of the fire, made it to where it was impossible to actually open the door, and it was designed to where it took 90 seconds in the best of scenarios to open up, and nobody ever actually opened it up in that time, even in ideal circumstances. Uh, Well, unfortunately, during the testing before the flight took off, was supposed to take off, um, the fire broke out in the capsule, and unfortunately... All three lost their lives. Uh, There was no way to get to them to get them out. And uh, the the atmosphere at the time inside the capsule, we were using uh, pure oxygen. And inside of a pure oxygen environment, things burn that normally wouldn't. And they burn with uh, exceptional heat. If you've ever been to a campfire and you blow on the the coal and you get that flame out of a coal, you know... the extra Magnify that by a few million, and th- that's kind of the situation we, we had found in that. Um, but that kind of uh shook us up, and this is when they actually took the Apollo program and took the name of the program and applied to the missions, uh, out of honor for these uh, gentlemen that lost their lives in the first one, um, and also they skipped number 2 and number 3 and started with Apollo 4. Uh 4, 5 and 6 were unmanned missions going up into the atmosphere just to test, you know, different, you know, aspects of, you know, the the command module and the service module to make sure everything worked out like it's supposed to before we were going to put another person in one. Um, yeah. So what was it there was uh um da, 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 da. i've lost my space over here oh my god i'm on the wrong page that's why i couldn't find it yeah it helps if you're actually looking at the right information mike you'll never find the right people there
2: maybe you need a german scientist Ooh,
1: I, I, what, I, what i need is my on paper yeah, I need to go back to McCuneiform tablets, man. You know, th- 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 this whole using a computer and scroll wheels and seeing text just come out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gus Grissom, okay. uh, Chad White, and uh, shoot, they don't have his first name with uh, Chaffee. Uh, they were the ones on, you know, one. Um, unfortunately, those are the gentlemen that lost their lives. Uh, heroes of the entire mission, honestly, because, you know, If it had this not happened, we'd have probably sent them up into space and something could have happened in space and there would have been no help for anybody ever. It would have probably ended it completely had this happened in space where we couldn't recover the bodies. So, you know, humans are like that. You know, we're, we're, we're okay with sacrifice, but you know, we actually have to have closure. And if these guys were up in space, when that happened, We'd have never been able to recover their bodies and have that closure. And I think that would have probably ended the whole thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, so like on Sputnik two died. Um, they didn't have the technology to return her back to earth and she died with an oxygen run out. But in 2002, her true cause of death was reported as stress and overheating on the fourth orbit. Due to failure of the air conditioning system. Mm. So, and basically, a Soviet scientist in '98, a Soviet scientist involved in the project, stated, "The more time passes, the more I'm sorry about it. We didn't learn enough from the mission to justify the death of a dog."
1: <clears throat> yeah, that that sucks. Yeah, because of equipment failure, that, that's 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 bad. But uh, yeah, we could we come in. The we got uh, we were using small little rockets at the time, um, but we knew we needed bigger, so we started the development of the the new Saturn series of rockets, um, coming up with the Saturn One B, and then to the monstrous Saturn Five, which is where most of the Apollo missions were launched off of. Now in scale, yeah. you know what we had been using, um, I can't. F- Find that at the at now, uh, yeah, the AS two hundred one. It's a pretty small rocket, barely able to get up into orbit, and that's why we couldn't get up into you know full orbit until way later. Um, in comparison, the Saturn V is three times larger. Uh, payloads, you know, it went up to uh, like twenty six thousand pounds, so so they were they were able to move some weight. And to get the speeds up over twenty thousand miles per hour to get them, you know, the velocity get out of orbit. Uh, so we, we made we right, made some right. uh, big big advances. Thank you to uh, Mister von Braun. Oh
2: yeah, you know, a a true war hero. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, so Operation Paperclip uh, at the end of. World War II, we brought over uh, a lot, uh, six more than 1,600 Nazi German scientists, engineers, and technicians, um, and they were brought over for U.S. government employment after the world after World War II. Um, conducted by the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency and the U.S. Army Counterintelligence Corps, uh, they were most of them were former members. And some were former leaders of the Nazi Party. Uh, the, oper- the purpose for Operation Paperclip was having a military advantage in the Soviet and American Cold War, which is part of what the space race was. Um, the Soviet Union, they, when, they, when they were fucked with the concept of an Operation Paperclip, they actually did it better. They did uh, 2,200 German specialists, a total of more than 6,000 people, including family members, during one single night. Like <laughs> they they brought them all in, um, but yeah, he uh von, Werner von Braun, uh he worked he did work for the U.S. Army uh, with the like the intermediate range ballistic missile program. Uh, he developed uh, Explorer One. Uh, he made some movies with Walt Disney, where he basically talked about, you know, popularized the idea of human space travel. Um, <clears throat> Uh, his group ended up becoming NASA, or becoming part of NASA, and he served as directory, uh, director of the Marshall Space Flight Center and the chief architect of the Saturn V. Um, he was inducted into the National Academy of Engineering, and he later received the National Medal of Science. He's seen as the father of space travel and the father of rocket science. Um he, we got him. We decided he was worthwhile because his V two rocket, his V two the Nazi V two rocket was pretty. It, I mean, it almost changed the course of the war. Well, I mean, I guess it did change the course of World War Two in some ways, but it almost it, it uh it almost won it for them. Um, they they did a lot with the V two rockets. He, there were a lot of people died, and while I'm not saying he's responsible for the deaths of the V two rocket, uh, I am. The way he built the V-2 rockets is where I hold him a little bit of a being a douchebag. Um, he used prisoners from concentration camps, uh, mostly Buchenwald, as slave laborers. Now, it wasn't like this was the only option he had, right? There were soldiers and everything. who He was an SS officer, so he could have ordered soldiers to help. They would have probably been better. They probably would have rather been building these fucking rockets than getting, you know, shot on the front line any
1: fucking right. way, right? All right, so there's some questionable stuff so, about uh, the Von Braun that, you know, I mean, you have to put yourself into those shoes. Would you have done some of the stuff that this guy did while you were in Germany as opposed to, you know, some of the stuff that he actually did? Um, if, yeah. if you're in those shoes, Afterwards, I mean, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do is kind of the mentality I bring to that. But, you know, some of those things are just, you know, wow.
2: Yeah, he uh, there's reports of, of him ordering prisoners to be flogged, ordering others to be hanged up by chains, um, like he he was aware of all the cru- of, of the things going on, and he would, oh, he would have he would have them killed. I mean it was, now like I said, does it do as the Romans do? There is some of that, I'm sure. And after the war, certainly, he he downplayed any like true Nazi thing. It was basically like he joined up just so he could continue his research and work and whatnot, and it's like, ah, uh, you became SS. You know, you didn't, you didn't just make your way up the ranks, you became special. Uh, you, you don't really get that by being a good guy. That's uh, the, the, the Contrary to some popular beliefs by certain groups in, in, in the country, the death's head is not a sign of being a good person. They put that SS death head on you for basically being a piece of shit. Uh, it was a piece of shit award. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> he got us to the moon. Um, there is absolutely no doubt. Uh, Apollo program director Sam Phillips was once quoted as saying he did not think the United States would have reached the moon as quickly as it did without his help. Yeah. Later, after discussing with colleagues, he amended this to say that he did not believe the United States would have reached the moon at all had it not
1: been for Braun. Yeah, Paul. now Von Braun was the guy you know, that before the whole war jumped out. He was into rocketry and was, you know, trying to get this you know, new Reich that was coming up to focus more on, you know, let's actually build the Reich instead of, you know, trying to form the Reich. Uh, he had ideas of, you know, going into space, making space stations and all this other crap, but, you know, the Nazis came into power and he saw an avenue to, you know, pursue his you know, studies and his research and, you know, I think that's the direction he went, and you know, unfortunately, it got used more for war than for space exploration. But the advancements were made. Um, take that as the grain of salt. You know, some good did come out of it. We now have the ability to leave Earth if necessary, um, and hopefully, we'll actually use it for further expo- exploration in the future. But yeah, that remains to be seen. Because um, at the point we've been to the moon yeah. you know, like seven times and we haven't been back since. We haven't sent another person out of Earth orbit since. So we're kind of stuck in a stale, uh, a stale spot here. We, we you know, I think we need to jump it back up and actually make more good come yeah, out yeah. of the evil that we used to to get here.
2: Well, there's, there's people who believe and I can't fault them for their beliefs, nor can I completely discredit it. There's people who believe that they just stopped telling us about it. You know, um, they, they, they've they kept going to space this whole time. They just haven't been telling us yeah, about it. It's
1: possible. It. Yeah. The government does like to keep it's, secrets. It's
2: possible. It's possible. And uh, there's another cool little thing. Um, in 63, Kennedy uh, shocked everybody. He suggested that the uh, we should actually join up with the Soviets for the co- to, to get to, to the moon. He said, quote, In a field where the United States and the Soviet Union have a special capacity, there is room for new cooperation, for further joint efforts in the regulation and exploration of space. I include among these possibilities a joint expedition to the moon. So the Russians actually considered this proposal. And then a bullet went through Kennedy's brain. Like, it followed this idea right out. And the Soviets, well, they killed the guy that was in on it because all talks, as soon as Kennedy was assassinated, all talks of any cooperation with the Russians. Yeah, that was was the end of that. (laughs) Yep. Oh, you were talking about what now? And see, we're going to have to do an episode on Kennedy, too, because he was also mentioning around this same time about... uh, Becoming more like peaceful with Cuba You know becoming uh, Kind of standing like standing down Like hold on a second maybe we're going about You know look what happened to the Bay of Pigs Maybe we're going about this shit wrong um, Maybe we should Cooperate with these people maybe we can see what We can learn from them Next thing you know he's fucking dead and the person that, like, the, the, the opposite of John F. Kennedy.
1: Is yeah, it sounds like a good what-if story coming up out of that. You know, what if he had, you know, some, you know not been shot and we did, you know, cooperate with Russia? Exactly what kind of world would we live, we live in today?
2: Stephen King wrote a book about it. Stephen King wrote a 11-22-63. They made a Hulu show about it, too, with James Franco. But the concept is this guy travels back in time, to uh, stop the assassination of Kennedy, um, it doesn't work out. Too <laughs> well. But yeah, it <laughs> Well,
1: time travel usually doesn't.
2: Exactly. Thing, things happen. Yeah, we, we've proved that uh, enough times. But if we, yeah, as he, uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's, it's weird, you know. It's maybe maybe since they're capable of whacking the president. To keep us from working with the Russians on it. Or maybe to keep cooperation with the Russians secret. They, uh, they, they just killed them. And who knows. We could have been going to space ever since they stopped going. Or told us they stopped. We don't know that they did. Like, you really can't. You really don't know. And the whole thing with the Apollo 18, 19, and 20. Like I'm really like sitting sittin on the fence with my nutsack man. Because I don't. Half of me believes that yeah they really stopped it. The other half of me looks at that photo. And looks at some of the other shit that come out of it. And I, uh,
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. Yeah. There's some weird stuff that's been coming out of it. And you know, a ton of conspiracy theories that, you know, we'll, 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 we'll definitely come in back into that at some point for the, to find out all these new conspiracies and what, what actually happened versus what may have happened. And, you know, which one's more probable and possible. But, uh, yeah, the, supposedly we only made 15 Saturn V rockets. Um, most of the stuff, uh, part of it gets reused. The rest of it doesn't. Um, and so we we sent up, let's see, four, five, six were unmanned. We got put a uh, manned space flight in with seven Um and we actually went into a lunar orbit with nine, but this is be only because the Soviet union had already been sending tortoises, mealworms, wine flies, and other life forms. You know, I like the way they mentioned that other life forms around the moon for lunar orbits. And you know, we were like, uh, we got to skip a couple of missions here and make the move or we're going to lose this race too. Um, So we sent astronauts and we didn't send a, you know, test, you know, life forms or anything like that. We, we put people and we sent Apollo nine, got the, uh, the orbit and all that good stuff. Uh, actually it was Apollo seven that did, uh, lunar orbits. Um, Apollo eight had some kind of a system failure and had to stay in, um, in orbit, doing some more testing for the lunar module. Yeah,
2: but they got some good. They got some fucking good pictures
1: of. Uh, up the oh yeah. On the, One of the the famous photos was as they were coming around yeah, the was the the Earth rise, which is a misnomer because you know you're orbiting around the Earth, so the Earth doesn't actually rise. But yeah, it. it, it
2: Nothing's actually rising. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it, it's it's yeah. You know, it, it's still, it's an iconic photo there, actually seeing the Earth from, you know, 240,000 miles away. Uh, this is as far as humans have ever been away from the planet from then to now, as far as we know. Um, yeah, the Apollo 10 went in, and, you know, the, these are the guys that I think I've got completely fucked. You're told, hey, you're going to get on this rocket, you're going to go all the way to the moon, and then you're going to get in your lunar lander, and you're going to go almost all the way you're going to get within five fifty thousand feet and then you're going to turn around you're not going to land you're going to go all the way there and you're not going to land on the moon you're going to do everything else yeah
2: i copied all but that last part houston uh we're touching down yeah i I, I would have (laughs) definitely
1: been like yeah bitch you can't stop me (laughs) i'm touching down
2: what are you gonna what are you gonna do even when i get back what are you gonna do fire me fuck you exactly you know, <laughs> I, I'm the first I mean, person on the. You're moon not telling next. me to turn around and go back. Um, but yeah, for
1: some reason, he followed orders, supposedly, as far as we know, and you know, just got within 15 kilometers and you know, turn around, redock successfully. Uh, they got everything hooked back up and come back to Earth, and everything was a go for Apollo 11. Um, and this is the one that's probably uh, in everybody's history books. Everybody knows Apollo 11.
2: I wonder. I wonder if one of the guys. Like that came back from uh, uh, I think it was ten or whatever. I wonder if one of the guys like, uh, like their wives just like, just always like you know was talking about Buzz Aldrin around them. (laughs) Like God, I bet Buzz Aldrin would get in here and do these dishes. I I bet, I bet, I bet Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon. You can't even land on the clit, you know. (laughs) Just like
1: your mission, always a little bit short. (laughs) Yeah. Now, one of the guys on Apollo 10 was a man named John, John Young, and, uh, he is fairly important for the finale of this little bit here. He makes an appearance later, uh, to pretty much close out the deal. But, you just remember that name. Um, Apollo 11 was, uh, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and of course, Buzz Aldrin, um, they've got to go all the way and actually land on the surface of the moon get out and take a look walk around uh, they spent a total of 21 hours and 36 minutes on the lunar surface only two and a half hours outside of the spacecraft now they say this is you know Simple because we didn't know and we were being safe. But i um, uh, thinking maybe yeah, they might have discovered some issues of the, the lunar dust causing problems with their space suits. Um, how to actually move around was probably you know, uh, an issue. Um, there, there, there may have been other reasons why they didn't spend so much time outside of the spacecraft. Because, you know, uh, knowing me, if I would have went all the way to the moon and I had oxygen in a suit, you know, you'd have had a hard time getting me back in. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm there for a whole day, and I'm only just spending two hours walking around outside on an alien world. Even though it's you know in view, it's it. This is still a different world, man. So you know, different, complete surface. I'm gonna play. This
2: is this would probably be a good point to talk about some of the, something that may have happened while they were out there on that moon during those two hours. Um, in the initial time we did this episode, we actually had this transcript in front of us both. And we could read it, and uh, we actually did like a little play that you guys maybe I don't know you'll probably never hear. Um, yeah, the the sound quality of that whole episode was just. We might
1: be able to. Point. We might be able to clip that out of you know, and, and add it in.
2: Yeah. Um, so basically, what happened is there's this report comes out. as supposed to be a transcript between Armstrong and Aldrin, and back at NASA witnessing extraterrestrial spacecraft. Um. They uh, so yeah. Aldrin says there's a giant things. No, no, this is not an optical illusion. And NASA's like basically, they're, they're, throughout the conversation, like what's happening? What's going on? What's wrong? What you talking about, Neil? And he said, Yeah, wh- what you talk about? And he says, uh, Well, they're here under the surface. And NASA's like, What? Hold on, everything. Uh, I'm getting some interference or something. Uh, 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 and Paul's like Hey we got some visitors They're here observing the instruments NASA's like hey you want to say that again <laughs> like, Repeat your last information Paul 11 I say there were other spaceships They're lined up in the other side of the crater So they landed in what's called The Sea of Tranquility Which is like this big giant crater um, And on like the other ridge line Of it like all these ships Supposedly are starting to land And like check out what they're doing um he goes on his hands were shaking so bad he can't do anything when you film it
1: yeah you get in pictures then we, uh, i don't have film in hand you know they've ruined the film <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and there is there is a thing about uh some of their cameras got ruined they tried to say it was by like sunlight or something ruined the film in the cameras but maybe that wasn't what ruined it um and somebody else come in on the NASA thing, like, "Hey, control here. Are you on your way? What is what's the uproar with the UFOs about?" And Paul Eleven says, "They've landed here. They are here, and they're watching us." And they they said, "Well, okay." And I guess trying to hurry up, and get them back to the ship. They're like, "The mirrors. Have you set up the mirrors?" And he, uh, Paul Eleven, says, "Yes, they're in the right place. Whoever made those spaceships can come tomorrow and remove them. Over and out." So. There's there's possibilities that uh, we weren't alone on that moon landing.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we really don't know. Um, and the government hasn't let us know anything else. Are they hiding it? Uh, did it actually happen? Was yeah. the guy freaking out and having you know, low oxygen hypoxia-related freaking hallucinations? We'll never really know. Because even if it's true, the government's not going to let us know.
2: Well, now there's there's supposed film, uh, camera pictures or whatever from the, you know, supposed to have not existed Apollo 20 mission, of a uh, spaceship or spaceship like thing, that is kind of sunk into the side of a crater on the moon, and so, yeah, there's, maybe's I, I don't know. You can't really believe anything they tell you when they say no, there isn't. You know, it's the fucked up thing you know they they lie about so much stuff you really don't know and there's so much other bullshit out there that you don't know if the stuff you're hearing them lie about is even you, know, it,
1: you it don't bring really up know. the question of why would they come i mean have they been really been close and paying attention and seen us flying around the moon and wanted to come see what was so interesting about the moon um did they have a hand in getting us there and wanted to make sure we got there safely or were what the hell was going on why were they be there all kinds of questions come up with that like I said we'll definitely have to get back yeah. into the conspiracy side on a, you know, a follow-up for this probably one of our bonus episodes but um yeah. yeah after the uh apollo 11 and you know their their little short hop up there um we come back with you know, you know 12 um and you know of course, you know, Neil popped out with his little, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, well, Pete Conrad.
2: It was too perfect of a statement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pete Conrad come up with one that was a little bit better. I liked it. Whoopee, man. That may have been one small one for Neil, but that's a long one for me. Yeah.
2: Right, right. That's a better one. And but yeah, Neil sounded scripted.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like he spent the whole entire time going there the whole 4 days trying to figure out exactly what he was going to say.
2: Yeah, yeah or, or sitting in, like, a uh, movie studio. Reading <laughs> <script>. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, that could have been it. Uh, but, yeah, Conrad's was definitely <laughs> something that actually felt more, you know. Real. Yeah, inspired by the event, more like. Um, and they come out, and they spent uh, two EVAs spending over s- almost eight hours. Yeah, seven hours and 45 minutes combined. Um, they actually walked over to the old su- surveyor Lander that we had sent up and removed some parts and brought it back to earth um this was the first time we actually made a targeted landing on the moon because you know with um with Apollo eleven they overshot um they were supposed to land in one spot the they came in too hot, the computer was trying to land them in inside of a crater surrounded by boulders so Neil had to take this the stick and actually you know land a bit farther than they were supposed to um Apollo 12, they actually pretty much bullseyed it. They landed almost exactly where they were supposed to. Um, 13 um, is another one that people probably remember. Um, back in the early days of the Apollo program, they originally thought of the lunar module as a potential lifeboat. Uh, just in case some things went wrong, but uh, all the uh, the scientists and the big brains there running all the tests and it was figured out that you know there's so much that you know, so little probability of something actually going wrong that we're just going to eliminate the possibility of using that as a lifeboat from all of our training and we just we're just going to nix that. Everything's going to go perfect. Well, thirteen, it didn't go perfect. Apparently, there's some kind of a thing with the oxygen tanks where, you know, the, 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 the liquid oxygen would, would, would freeze if it was left stationary. So they had a bright idea of putting a fan inside the oxygen tank to, as a mixer. Um, well, these things also had heaters to try to maintain a specific temperature in the vacuum of space. Well, at some point in time during, you know, the, the system checks and all of one of these heaters was left on, and it pretty much baked the, all of the, the the electrical lines running into this particular tank. And when they flipped the switch up in space, uh, the wiring shorted out and blew the oxygen tank as a big old bomb. Oh, well, they're on their way to the moon. You, you can't just turn around, you know, hit the rockets and turn around, and come right back. You don't have the fuel for that. Um So what are they going to do? They've got very little oxygen in the command module. Um, so they decided they were going to use that lunar module as a lifeboat. You know, like they said, they would never have to do. So you cram three guys into a space made for two. And by space made for two, I mean, you're sitting in a seat and you've got computer crap all around you. There's not room for a third person, but somehow they made it. it Um, it was pretty, they're pretty jammed in these old spaces yeah now can you imagine yeah, being know, in crammed into a tiny yeah. space i mean think about the back seat of your car with two long leg people sitting in the front seat with the seat jacked all the way back and then put a big giant tv monitor or computer switchboard right in front of your face that's the kind of situation we're talking about here and you got to spend six days with two guys in your spacesuit. Oh, yeah. Where everything that you do There's is butts. inside your spacesuit, they don't have bathrooms on these things folks you' you're wearing no, your bathroom no. <laughs> um and you're spending six days locked in a tiny thing with three people with two other people, and you're on a pretty much a failed mission. You've got to go all the way there and then all the way back. You can't turn around. So these guys spent 6 days inside the lunar module, but we we got them back. And they they made it. Once they got back into uh near Earth, they climbed back into the command module. Um and jettisoned the the lunar module came in and everything else worked fine from there. We got them back, you know, got them home, figured out what the problem was, you know, didn't make that mistake again. Um and we have 14, 15, 16 um, no, 14, 15 were, you know, just other missions to the moon. They spent more time outside. Every time we went, we spent more time outside. Um, So it was 13, 14, uh, yeah, 14 spent 33 hours, 33 and a half hours outside of their spaceship, their capsule on the surface of the moon. The longest EVA recorded by a lunar crew. And then at the very end um, with 17, we decided to finally send an actual scientist up to study the the lunar surface all this time, you know we hadn't thought once to send a scientist up. you know we well, finally did what about, what about that and yeah, but that was the very last supposed uh, Apollo mission
2: i mean they they sent that psychic up you know.
1: And that's, that's yeah it was 17 sorry apollo 17 last one um <laughs> landed in the taurus littro region um the lunar geological community lobbied for his inclusion of dr harrison schmidt um he came out and spent, uh, over three days on the lunar surface, uh, on, yeah. And 23 hours of EVA time, extra vehicle, vehicular, activity, um, collected a bunch of rocks and stuff, did a couple of tests, found, you know, dug under the soil, found some interesting things, um, that, you know, pretty much we found out after all that, that, you know, supposedly the moon is part of an ancient earth that got broke off in an ancient collision. Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
2: Yeah, there's some weird shit. There's some weird shit with the composition of the moon. Like uh, it echoes or reverberates.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's like, like the density of the inside of the moon isn't like it is in the outside, and the outside shell isn't com- uniformly dense. There's very dense spots and low dense spots on the surface of the moon, and it creates this weird gravity well around it. Which is, you know, one of the things with, that they were com- concerned about, and why we did so many lunar missions before we actually landed, was trying to figure out how to fly around the moon and maintain an orbit. Because of that, now some people say now that yeah. the moon actually might be hollow, and you know that those aliens that Buzz was mentioning might actually be residents, or it may be a, a base of operations where they just come and stop in until they can go further out into the cosmos who yeah. knows we re, we really don't now the hollow part yeah i don't know yeah that, that'd that be a hell of an engineering feat you know some people even go as far as saying that the moon is actually a spaceship that was brought here to you know you know keep an eye on earth
2: yeah and it would also like the presence of the moon gives us our seasons and titles and or like our title uh, cycle and stuff like that like it actually has a lot to do with life on earth um so like yeah that's that's one theory is that it, it, it was put there specifically to make Earth more livable. It,
1: it it might be yeah we we don't know we we never supposedly haven't been back since then to do any more studies. Um, now we've sent yeah. you know, rovers and you know, there was a lunar impact because you know, somebody wanted to make a crater in a certain spot to find out.
2: We we nuked.
1: Yeah, we've done it. that too. We've done about all of it. Um,
2: like hey, this thing actually makes life. You know possible
1: here on earth let's fucking nuke it so yeah there's a bunch of questionable stuff about the moon why haven't we gone back and all that good stuff but um yeah for there's also this big stink about yeah hey we never been to the moon it was all done in the the, in the on earth in studios it was fake and i'm like okay so they 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 may have done that for the first one that's cool and all yeah
2: that's that's the argument that it happened for the first time yep i lost you there and it was fake just so it could be uh, the argument is that it, yeah, we did the first time, like the Apollo 11 one, that one, yeah. and that we've been to the moon since then, but they, they faked that one just so they could say we beat the Russians so that commies. Right, die. right. Um, now,
1: yeah, now
2: and they, they have little things about it, but I, yeah, I
1: can't say that we didn't fake it. I mean, I'll never say you know, anything as an absolute, unless I can absolutely help it. But I will say that you can find a good friend with a telescope or you can go on the site and if you trust the government with what they put on the internet, you can find the NASA's website and actually look at pictures of all the landing sites for every single lunar mission. That's touched through the, the, the surface of the moon and uh, considering there's no atmosphere and there hasn't been a large bombardment of meteors hitting the, the, the lunar surface in quite some time, uh, you can still see the tracks of the footprints the, you can still see the, the lunar landing module, um, some of the equipment that was left behind we do have the mirrors that we to to this day shoot lasers out to measure how far away the moon is from us to find out how far you know its orbits if if it changes we need to know that um because if if it gets too close or too far away shit's gonna change down here big time um but um, yeah you can actually see you know, where you know the first mission was just you know there's the lunar module and th- this is the pass where they walk. you can actually still see their footprints. Um, and then the later yeah, missions where yeah, they put yeah. the rovers in there, you can see where it goes over a larger area where they actually had the, the car up there to drive around. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, being the first guy to drive a vehicle on a different surface. Um, so, you, yeah, cool. there, there, there's there's clues to say that, you know, hey, we actually did go. Um, even for the uh, Apollo Eleven you know, mission site, you can see it with a telescope. But you know, maybe they went over there and faked it later. Like I said, if they faked it, this is my take. If the government faked that, they did a damn good job.
2: Yeah, and also keeping everybody involved quiet. You know, it's uh, it's like I said. I, there's there's things about it. I'm like, I can see their their motive. They had the means, motive, and opportunity to do it. They might not have had the need to do it, and actually just gone ahead and landed on the moon. But you cannot deny that they had the op- they had the motive, they had the ability to do it. They had Stanley Kubrick. You know, he's he made two thousand one Space uh, Space Odyssey, and that shit looks fucking. It looks real. It looks realer than some of the fucking footage you get off of the Apollo shit. Like they and they did real. He did real good with it. And you know, they're that's part of the thing is well, maybe they had him do the space landing. It's like, well, yeah, and then, it wouldn't have been—it it wasn't his worst movie if it did,
1: you know. Right, and the other part here with this—this this particular bit—just to touch on it a little bit, we'll get deeper into it if we do on a bonus. I don't—I mean, I don't know if we will or not this time around. But the Apollo program—they—they created by records fifteen Saturn V rockets. Now, two of our Apollo missions that actually went up were on tandem saturn 1b rockets um and we had 15 apollo missions that would leave two saturn 5 rockets unused and we have a saturn 5 rocket in two different uh aeronautical museums uh one out in texas and one down in florida i believe uh so Supposedly, if you believe the records and you know, all that good stuff, every one of the Saturn V rockets is accounted for as either been used or sitting in a museum. But that doesn't mean that we didn't use some Saturn 1Bs on a, a couple of other missions and just said we used a Saturn V or that we used a, a tandem or quad mounted Saturn 1Bs to do more missions so may, maybe there is a possibility that the 18 19 and 20 missions actually could have happened but you gotta think there was you know the interest in space travel had been waning at this time after uh 14 after apollo 14 it, it, people just quit being interested in it but those those rockets man they they, they don't go off quietly and they, they leave a trail um I can tell you now that from Virginia to where I am in central North Carolina, where they launched the new SpaceX stuff at, I can see it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm 460 miles away-ish from their particular launch site. And, you know, when it happens, I can just look over the trees and I can watch that thing go up into space. Now, I can't see the big plume of the trail and all, but I can damn sure see that big giant fire coming out of the back of that rocket. Now, how in the hell would you hide that? with people that actually live near one of your launch sites. And I can't find anything about unscheduled launches anywhere in those areas.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I, like I said, uh, you know, on the one that nobody will ever hear, you know, what if they 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 send it up piecemeal, you know, a little piece at a time, like Johnny Cash and his Cadillac. You know, they, they'd send up this part of it with this rocket and they'd kind of, put it in orbit and then the next one come by and pick it up and add it to their piece you know like uh what was it voltron yeah we, we i mean
1: we did send 13 you know what you two three four five six seven eight nine two twelve you know missions with these rockets in this particular span of time uh, some of them in orbit just testing stuff you know, who's to say they didn't take an extra piece up there with them i don't know Yeah, 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 it could be done. Or maybe we can look back and find an event that, you know, could have taken the public's interest, made them glued to their TV instead of looking out the window. Yeah, it could have happened. You know, they could have launched one during Whitman's little rampage. (laughs) I mean, nobody would have been paying. Yeah, nobody would have been paying attention. Yeah, maybe they could have put one up there to get to use later at that point in time, Yeah, you know, you know. So you know, there, there's opportunity. What if,
2: what, what's what, what, what? if that's what all these like mass murders are just cover ups for Apollo
1: missions? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, if you're gonna go down the rabbit hole, you know, let's go all the freaking way. I mean, yeah.
2: we're on, we're actually on Apollo 57.
1: Yeah, way. it could be, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the end of this, you know the whole space race era started to come to a close at the end of the Apollo uh, missions. Um, We had a a couple of other little bits going up with the, uh, um, the first little space Skylab uh, was pretty much the end of the Apollo missions. Um, And then we had this, uh, finally a joint mission with Russia with, with their Soyuz program to, you know, to, to find out if we could dock in space with, with their equipment Um, Oh yeah. Um, and then, uh, it, it kind of faded out for a little bit throughout the seventies. And, uh, while we were building our new space vehicle, the space shuttle, um, everybody remembers that if not, you know, Krista McCullough, you know, that should bring something back. You know, we've, we've had some issues with that one too, but remember that name earlier with, uh, John Young? Uh, yeah, he, he, Um, I, I actually have he to is to the have one been been that been. commanded the very first shuttle mission. So, you know, one of our Apollo gentlemen, you know, came through and pretty much closed it out with the, the age of basic rockets and capsules into a reusable spacecraft. Um, so it, it was really nice that they included him and, you know, tied it all together that way, it, at least from my perspective, because it ties it in with our program quite a bit. And I, I like that. Um, another bit was the beginning of the International Space Station. You could probably say that our little joint effort with the Soyuz, you know, with the Russians on that particular bit, maybe paved the way for that uh, International Space Station. What you think? Um,
2: yeah, it definitely, I think it definitely did. Uh, the International Space Station, like, to me, that at least me personally, I mean, it might not have been how it was, but when I Uh-oh. read about it initially... I felt like the, uh, the international space, so it was kind of like the, a symbolic end of the space race and, uh, you know, kind of a, a working together thing.
1: Yeah. We both finally made it here. You might've beat us to the moon, but we're both here in space now. Let's work together. Kind of a deal. And, and yeah, that's, that's kind of worked out for quite some time until, yeah, here this year. Um, and this year is when, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Russia's like, yeah, we're not supporting the space station anymore. Good luck folks. All because, you know, America's like, we don't support you going into Ukraine and you know, crap on earth is stopping our stuff in space. We had a nice little window of cooperation and space, you know, science study and all that good stuff. And, you know, that that's over now.
2: Yeah. Well, and the funny thing with that is like, so I was talking about 2001 space, mm-hmm. Odyssey, right? There was a sequel uh, 2010 the year we make contact and in that uh, in that movie it's a joint like everybody's going to get this old ship from the first movie they're going to find that and look at that monolith over by Jupiter and it's a joint mission it's uh, Americans on a Soviet ship going to the American ship that they' that's out by uh, Jupiter and there's, like, this whole breakdown of po- political things when they finally get to the ship. And, like, Russia and the U.S. start sanctioning each other. And then pretty much, like, every Russian, like, all the Americans had to get off the Russian ship or be arrested. And the Russians had to leave, every like, had to leave immediately. Like, yeah, so they, they like, parted ways in, in space. And, like, the guy in the movie, he it was Lance Hendrickson played him. It was like, hey, look, our uh, our governments are assholes, but we we can still just do this, right? <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, there's another bit about this whole thing um, that I just happened to to correlate. And we started going up into space in uh, 57, 58. They want nothing up there of ours. Nothing at all. It was a clean and pristine environment. And now here it is, you know, just 70 years later ish. Yeah. I ain't doing the exact math, you know, cause American. Um, but now we've got so much crap around our planet. It's a literal minefield out there in such a short period of time. We've gone from having absolutely nothing around our planet to where we could go up in space in relative safety to the point where we're now tracking over 30,000 different objects that we can track Dead satellites, broken pieces of satellites. That might
2: be why we don't get many aliens anymore.
1: That's probably got something to do with it, and you know, it's probably got something to do with why we can't go up into space as much anymore. You got a literal minefield out there. You, we've got unusable orbit paths because we put so much crap in there. China made the first uh, satellite killer, uh, where they could actually use a kinetic device launched from a satellite to take out another satellite. You know, Russia come up with this same boy, thing
2: were the American government, boy, was the American government upset. Oh about my that. God. Yes. You know, we <laughs> just spent all
1: that money putting GPS satellites into orbit. And now you're going to find a way to take them out. Oh my God. Uh, then Russia comes up with one that can carry multiple kinetic devices. And then China beat them again saying, all right, we'll make one that has an arm to be able to grab a satellite, do whatever the fuck we want to with it. Uh, so now it's it. The space race has become a virtual space war.
2: And now we have a space force.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is not the direction that, you know, Kennedy had in mind when he wanted to cooperate a little bit.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure whatever Kennedy had in his mind pretty much ended up on the back of that Lincoln or in his wife's dress. Um, Everything he wanted died.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's the path of it, folks. We went from, uh, let's you know, get up into space first, and then uh, let's get to the moon first. And now it's, uh, let's uh, make sure that nobody else can control space.
2: Yeah, and now it's Rock'em Sock'em Robots in orbit.
1: Yeah, man, hell of a path we took there. All this time we're supposed to be focusing on getting to Mars, and we're focusing on destroying everybody else's satellites how to get nuclear weapons in space yeah. so we can drop them on top of uh, whatever nation we want to.
2: Dude, dude, it's not even nuclear weapons. I don't, I'm not sure if they actually did this, or they had, were like, just planning on doing it, but the U.S. government was talking about taking these rockets up with uh, I think like fucking, I can't remember, it's like I think it was like 16 ton like tungsten steel rods that they could drop on a target, and it wasn't a ballistic or anything like that, just the the gravity and the force of that, like tungsten steel hitting an t- impact, would have like the effect of a nuclear bomb without like the radiation, the radioactivity, and all the fucking uh, all the aftermath stuff. It would just be the initial blast. The, the impact would be as bad as a fucking.
1: Nuclear oh yeah, bomb. you find you get any type of an object that has any mass, and you get it accelerated to the speeds that can get from that type of a free fall from orbit and yeah you're you're talking about being able to destroy a city with just you know a few hundred pounds of material you know it doesn't even have to be explosive all it just has to be is a solid mass
2: yeah it's not explosive it's just yeah exactly it's tungsten steel being dropped from orbit and like it's 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 a real thing i'm not sure if they've developed it or if they've got it up there already but they 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 have it I don't know if they've already got it up there. To be sure, they. Oh, do. I guarantee. If that thought you came know.
1: up, then yeah, it's up there. There's no way we developed a weapon of that type of a capability on paper and not made it reality. Too cheap, too uh, effective. No.
2: If anything, if in any- <laughs> if anything, there's something worse up there. <laughs> you know, like
1: if anything. Yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, it's. It's it's really a sad thing. We we went up there with such high hopes and dreams, and it's it's turning into a freaking nightmare. Yep, indeed. But yeah, now, now we're all you know sending little tiny robots to you know, Mars, and we've got two uh, explorers that have left our solar system. So there have been some some uh, some positive things to come from it. We are learning a lot more yeah. about our solar system, and now we're starting to learn a little every bit about interstellar space, and we're learning a lot more about Mars.
2: Yeah, every single thing that, every every single time one of those little radio satellites or, you know, um, little fucking spaceships we got floating around, telemetry devices and shit, any time we get any data from them, it it exponentially expands our knowledge of the universe. You know, so I mean, every every little thing we learn, you know, is is massive. That's why I, I have a hard time believing they just walked away from it. You know, like yeah, <laughs> no, because it's it's there's too much to learn, and it comes, and it, it, it it's not like like you said, every time they receive data, it's some new shit.
1: Yeah, so I guess the space race thing can be you know highlighted in that just about everything has the potential for great good or great evil because you know not only do we have these killer satellites up there and the potential to cause rain down mass destruction from space which you know is going to be very difficult to stop we also have telescopes
2: just get under your desk we have
1: telescopes out there <laughs> you know right now we've got one that's peering farther back into the space time of the universe than ever before with much clearer pictures and, you know, looking into the infrared, which, you know, everything is supposedly moving away from us. is shifted into the infrared. So we're actually able to pick it up and know it's there. You know, we're getting so much knowledge of interstellar space now from, you know, the Voyager programs. This is something that we never thought would have happened. We did not expect them to last long enough to get out of the solar system, let alone into interstellar space but now we're getting telemetry from there you know we're, we're learning that mars probably had a habitable uh, uh, environment at one point in time and we're finding that it actually does have waters which you know from our perspective is the potential for life uh it doesn't have a big moon so who knows what would have happened we're
2: finding bacteria they're finding bacteria and shit in, in comets and asteroids.
1: Yeah, so our knowledge is expanding so much. So a lot of good is coming of it, but it's counterbalanced by the amount of potential evil that can be done by the same tools because we down here can't get along.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like we could have, we could probably be on one of those little telemetry devices out in interstellar space right now, but instead we. We had to worry about whose economic system was better. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there we go. There we have it. Um, yeah, that's the Space Rakes, folks. Uh, it's actually the second time we've done this episode, and I can promise you, even though you'll never hear the first one, this one was done completely, we did this one completely different. <laughs> um, the facts stayed the same. <clears throat> but, yeah, we the, the layout was different. I think this one flowed better. And so help me God, if the audio's fucked up on this one, then the feds are intentionally fucking up our space race episode. It's got to be that transcript, man.
1: <laughs> oh, a little side trivia thing. Uh, who, who knows where the longest golf tee shot was made in human history? Now, if you think any golf course here on earth, well, you might be uh, mistaken there, folks. Because um, Commander Shepard, uh, 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 up on uh, Apollo 14, apparently smuggled a golf ball and a uh, homemade style golf club comprised of a Wilson Dynapower 6 iron head attached to a collapsible tool scooper intended for collecting rock samples. And he teed off on the moon. Now, I don't know how good you guys can uh, tee off here on Earth, but I guarantee you that shot went uh, way farther on in the moon's gravity uh account state hit and he needed he needed three swings to hit the first shot but uh and his his friend uh that was up there with him, Fred Heiss, famously quipped it, it looked like a slice to me Al." <laughs> But yeah, and estimates are, are saying this, this, this golf shot could have went. Um, let's say, yeah, so some, this was saying 40 yards, but some people are saying this thing could have went miles. Um,
2: that's, yeah. Um, they probably lost sight of it after 40 yards. Yeah. Um, also on Apollo 14, astronaut Edgar Mitchell, carried out the space program's only experiment in extrasensory perception, or ESP. He, uh, he went up there with, like, these like, like, the cards with different pictures on them, and, like, you see in, like, Ghostbuster. And uh, he would spend a few minutes concentrating on a random series of symbols on these cards. And back on Earth, they, NASA had their psychics, yeah, NASA psychics, uh, tried to read his thoughts and write down the order of the sequence. Uh, the group reportedly guessed it right 51 times out of 200, which he, he described as results far exceeding anything expected. <laughs> that uh, it couldn't have been too good of results, though, because it was their only time doing it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you're going to get over 10% in something like that, you, you're almost got to count that as a win. <laughs> But yeah, there, there was there's there's definitely been some some interesting things, just side notes that have come of this. I, I recommend everybody that has any kind of interest in you know space or anything that we've done up there, you know, definitely look into it. There, there are there are definitely uh, interesting things here. But yeah, the the whole thing about the golf shot is yeah, you know, he claimed his shot carried the ball over a number of miles, and you know, somebody says that has to be a lighthearted exaggeration. <laughs> I, mean, oh, I don't know.
2: I mean, the force a uh, golf ball goes pretty far on its own, and with the force and the, the way gravity works on there. I mean, look how their their little bunny hops go when they're trying when they're walking. You
1: know? Yeah.
2: Um. I don't. It could go for fucking, hell, I would. I actually half expected you to say in orbit. <laughs> you know, that it, it's it's still it's still going. <laughs> well, had he taken
1: a driver instead of a six iron, that might have been the case. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so folks, I know literally nothing about golf except it involves sticks and balls, um, and Adam Sandler did a movie about it.
1: But you know, I mean, it's pretty much my knowledge. Yeah, of with 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 a bulky <laughs> suit and you low gravity, it had to be weird. But you know, it, it's still you, you you hit a ball, a light golf ball, with any kind of force, it's definitely gonna go more than a few yards. You know, if you just yeah. reach under and touch. Yeah, you know, they to had practice, to calculate
2: maybe. the weight. They had to calculate the weight of the head of that fucking. Six iron or whatever, and they had to calculate the weight of the ball and the tee <laughs> into their fucking like fuel consumption and whatnot. <laughs> like you're 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 literally playing with your life <laughs> in order to hit a golf ball in outer space. <laughs> <States. laughs>
1: but I mean, you know, who's going to stop you?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, they stopped old what's his face from walking on the moon and ever pleasing his wife again. <laughs> oh,
0: how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of but a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced men had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, Under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50 year span of human history, the steam engine a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. And now, if America's new spacecraft succeeds in reaching Venus, we will have literally reached the stars before midnight tonight.